listening to What We Do in Elysium, your source for news, strategy, and discussion for Vampire the Masquerade Rivals card game. Good evening, listeners. I am your host, Alex. And I'm your other host, Colin. <laughs> um, I've lost my complete train of thought again. Already. We're only we're only ten seconds in the episode. We're okay. We're okay. All right. Um, <laughs> That's fun. Tonight we are talking about uh, the La Sombra half of the upcoming Shadows and Shrouds expansion. La Sombra plus the neutrals, because can't really talk a whole episode about just the neutrals themselves. Um, as of recording this, the past weekend there was a um, decently well uh, player count. Well-sized player count, uh, Prince Primer events. I think there was 15, 15 or sixteen people. Yeah, I think it ended up um, being sixteen, and then somebody dropped for the last round. So yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah, pretty good size. Um, basically, just to kind of start getting some practice reps in. Prince Prince uh, Prince season starts in a week. First event will be next Friday. Yeah. Uh, so we streamed that. We did some live commentary uh for a couple games uh it was three rounds so um be on the lookout for our youtube channel we'll be uploading those shortly it's hard to gauge when exactly those will be up because i have to edit them and then even when i upload them the youtube like processing time is vague so i can't really say when that'll actually be up but if you subscribe to our channel then you'll get alerted so do that (laughs) right like this week yeah, definitely sometime this week. Um, this episode will probably be out uh, Wednesday or Thursday at the latest when you're listening to this. So, yeah, maybe have some uh, weekend viewing. For yeah, you. there we go. And then, yeah, we'll talk about them uh, more in depth. You know, like kind of what, what conclusions we drew when we talk about the broader Prince meta next episode. So Yeah, there was definitely some interesting stuff. The games were uh, entertaining to watch. Um, yeah. decks that I didn't uh, quite expect to see that did uh, better than I thought they would have. So, uh, yeah, good stuff. The good stuff coming next episode. Definitely, definitely. But today, today we're talking about La Sombra. Yeah, which might be definitely my favorite half. So far, my favorite half of the upcoming expansion. Interesting. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> so let's dive right in. Uh, so let's go over the vampires first. Uh, I, I don't know if we're doing this in the correct order of the precons. We're not trying to do any sort of like precon plus crypt. We're just talking about all of them. So let's start off with Marcus. So Marcus, uh, six BP, two physical, zero social, one mental. Dominate, Oblivion, a.k.a. Surf's Up, Potence. Yeah. Uh, reach, that's that new keyword. You may attack characters in the streets from your haven. And as this character performs an action, place one agenda from the general supply on them. What do you think about that? So he seems sort of like the clear uh, default Lasombra leader. Um, not that you know, which not not <clears throat> excuse me, not in a bad way, <laughs> and, and not saying that there aren't other options, but um, putting putting agenda from the supply on him powers up a lot of their other abilities. Uh, reach they, a lot of them have reach, um, which is pretty good. Again, as a reminder, right? That's only characters, meaning other people's vampires, not 
mortals or anything like that, but still quite a good keyword. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got, you know, one of all the disciplines that, that they have in the, in the clan. So yeah, he seems pretty good. Very, very, um, punchy, punchy man. Yeah. <laughs> Big punchy man. Yeah. And if you have, if you haven't been following on like what Lasombra like they're there are new mechanics or anything like that. They like to have agenda on their characters because other cards will key off of that. They'll be able to pay, pay for abilities with the agenda that's on them. So that's why he puts it on himself. And I believe timing wise, he actually does that before the action initiates. Yeah, Cause it's where, like, as this character performs, right, action, right, right. Instead as, of, yeah. instead of when, um, yep. so that, that agenda will be there to spend for any, card abilities um and also <laughs> important to note uh performs an action that means like any action right like that's playing an action card that's making an attack um yep. any anything any hosted action that he does he puts in an agenda on himself i don't even know if it needs yes because to be the acting character you have to exhaust so yes right. it does have to be hosted yes right, right. So yeah, he's pretty cool. He's definitely the big scary punchy man, like you said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, I'll let you. I'll let you take the next one. Yes, uh, Gia de Impran. Um, she is another six BP. She is one 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 in all her stats. Uh, two dominate and a potence and a party ability. When this party defeats a character, move one agenda from any character in your coterie to your agenda card. So. Obviously, she's also plays into the punchy aggressive deck, um, and basically kind of doubles up your playthings. Um, e- well, either doubles up your playthings abilities, right? Playthings being the agenda we'll talk about here in a second. Um, that is about moving agenda from your characters to your agenda. Or you said play things twice. I'm pretty sure things. you need prize. Yes, fighter. prize fighter. I will make that mistake. I'm warning everybody now. I will make that mistake a million times. For whatever reason, I They're both prize keywords. fighter. Prize fighter just completely slips out of my mind, and I say play things every single time. Uh, prize fighter, the new agenda in this box that we will talk about here in a minute. Um, or or she can kind of give you that effect in a different deck, right? Um. So, yeah, I'm curious what you think about her. I haven't thought as much about her because the I I just feel like uh, I haven't played a lot with the agenda moving around uh, Lissombra stuff. I played more into the just potent punchy stuff that they have going on. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I do like that she has the double dominate. Right. Even uh, she, you know, she has that party ability, but she definitely still has the capability of going out and doing things herself. Um, so that's interesting, right? Uh, it, it's a little more narrow that you know the party has to defeat a character, but I don't think that's entirely hard for Lissombra to do since they they are quite—I won't say aggroy, but they they have ways to punch hard. I'll say, yes, certainly true. I also just checked. Um, I think right now there is only basically one card demand obedience that possibly cares about her double dominate mm-hmm. um, because demand obedience is for the two or more dominate in the party. So she can do that right. by herself. Yep. Um, I'm sure again, I'm sure we will probably see stuff in the future, right? Like we've seen this several times already where characters with double 
of a of a discipline that doesn't actually do anything for them at the time more cards come out it matters right so i'm sure we'll see more dominate stuff come out uh maybe you know who knows maybe in the in the prog box or maybe in some future clan expansion yeah and and demand obedience isn't a bad card for her <laughs> especially with what the, the the rest of the deck wants to do so <laughs> very true. you know it fits it fits very true all right uh next we have adrian belza uh five bp another one 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 oblivion and potence reach and attacker ability pay one agenda and we know that the way that works is you have to pay it off the either character acting or you can also pay it off of your agenda card. Mm-hmm. And this attack deals plus two damage to the target if you do not play an attack card. Yep. Interesting. Yep. Most attack cards, probably you're you're hoping for plus two anyway, in most cases. So you can get that for free. Uh, well, not for, I take that back, not for free. <laughs> right, right. But without spending uh, without losing advantage. card advantage. There we go. That's the, that's the, the line of thought I was going for. <laughs> right. So obviously to me, compare this to inmate, right? Um, yeah. He's, he's got one, one, one instead of the two physical and nothing else. So he's more versatile, but not quite as, uh, doesn't have the quite the same top end, right? Like he, he can't take out a, a sad by himself, but he can take out a citizen. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I, I don't know. I kind of feel like, as weird as it sounds, I feel like paying Agenda for a La Sombra deck is less of a cost than paying Prestigious. I can agree with that. Yeah, there's cards that will just uh, that we'll get to. You don't know, just straight place Agenda on a character. So, yeah, I can right. agree with that. Right. So, it, it, which is kind of funny because it seems like I, if you're spending, excuse me, if you're spending the Agenda off of your Agenda card, obviously that's a hu- that's a huge cost potentially. Um, but if you're spending it off your characters, I think that that's much more doable. Yeah, I I don't think I would ever pay agenda off my agenda card unless I was about to lose the game or something like that. But I, I can right. I can envision agenda on characters as almost like an investment. Like the effects that you use to put the agenda on those characters can be then paid for in uh, stronger effects later on. So it's kind of like you're you know, uh, investing in those stronger effects for later. Right. So yeah. Um, yeah, that's Adrian. Um, Adrian. yeah, (laughs) we'll see how how it goes. Raven Smith, another five coster, uh, zero physical two social one mental. Um, she has dominate and oblivion and an exhaust ability steal one agenda from target foe who has the same amount of agenda as you and put it on this character. I don't like it has to be the same. <laughs> yep. I wish it was, if it was same or more, I think she'd be obviously yeah. a lot better. Um, the fact that it's the same. Yeah. makes me a little weird. Although again, that's where, you know, you may end up doing something, uh, like paying an agenda off your house card to to tie yourself with somebody else and then steal an agenda from them. Um, also notable, I think she's the only two social character in the Sombra, right? So that obviously yeah. makes her notable too. Yeah, like you said, you you could do that kind of pay and steal, but it doesn't go back to your agenda card. It goes to her. So then you need a way to get it back, which there are ways, but it it seems like a lot of hoops to jump through. Right. I don't know. 
plus plus it's an exhaust ability too, right? So like, yeah, you know, if you're if a, you're exhausting with her, you're not using that to do something else. You also notably can't combo her with Gia because unless you're well, huh, with one with an exception, but generally you can't combo with Gia because if she if you exhaust her to steal the agenda, then she'd have to leave the attacking party. The exception obviously being with all these reach characters, if you're in your haven, they're all still in the same party, right? So, you know, maybe that's the way to get around it, but just, she seems a little bit awkward. Yeah. I generally don't like uh, exhausting my five BP characters to (laughs) not do better things or yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I'd I'd be interested to see if someone can use her to great effect. (laughs) Yes. All right. Uh, next, we have. I'm probably gonna murder this name. Uh-huh. Rashani Sock. Sure. Yep. I <laughs> uh, have no four... ability to tell you if that's correct. <laughs> four BP, uh, one physical, one social, zero mental, dominate and oblivion, guard, uh, but pay one agenda plus two shields during this attack. So it's kind of your basic guard character with uh, the increased blood potency and the ability to guard a little better. Mm -hmm. Which I like that. I like that we have kind of broken that mold of all the clans previous have just gotten those guard characters that mostly didn't do stuff like uh, like Darius drew you the card. And I'm trying to think of who else does other things. That's a guard. I don't remember, actually. Um, yeah, she, so she yeah she does fit the the sort of guard template of, uh, you know, if your four BP guards have an extra ability on top of guard, right? Um, yeah, I mean, but it, and it's also like it's kind of nice because you know you don't have to pay the agenda until you know what the attack cards and stuff are, mm-hmm. so you'll always know if you need the shield or not, right? Yeah, and she yeah that whole. With it being a uh, on-demand ability, like the agenda will be on her already because I don't think there's any reactions or anything that plays agenda. So that's not something you have to worry about. So she kind of as it is like a deterrent mm-hmm. because your opponent will know, okay, I got to get through the guard and I have to get through potentially plus two shields and whatever reaction that that's going to play. That's mm-hmm. a pretty that's a pretty big wall to have to get through. Right. The one the one awkward thing about her is that she's probably not going to be getting that agenda on herself, like you know, through through something like Prize Fighter, right? Um, so you will have to play a card that puts an agenda on her. But again, I still think she's fine. You know, I mean, a guard guards are always useful. Um, they're never bad, and you know, she has she has the ability to pump herself up a little bit extra, which can be nice in a pinch. Hmm. All right, who's next? So next is Astrid Malhella. Um, she is a 3BP vampire. I think the only 3BP Lazombra. As you've noticed, Lazombra tend to be a little bit higher in BP. Mm-hmm. Um, no physical, one social, one mental. She has potence and a party ability. Pay one agenda. This attack has plus three intel. If the attack defeats the target, gain one prestige. I don't know. I don't know how many times I've played the game where I need that much intel. <laughs> so, yes, that's true. Um, like, it's I certainly sh- possible. I, right. I understand that. Definitely. So she's a nice safety valve for in the in terms of, you know, if there's ever a big uh, intel, like, or if secrecy stacking is a big thing, she's always an option, right? 
Um, plus, I mean, you can also just pay an agenda to get a prestige, which is if you True. defeat the target, right? So that's not bad. But most importantly, I think she's a 3 BP vampire with potence for throat rip. That's why yeah. I, I like her more than more than her text. Yeah, very true. Yeah, I, I don't know if agenda for uh, agenda for prestige is a good trade if it's uh, not coming off of her. Right, uh, right, definitely. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, no, I, uh, I definitely think that's Putin's... more of a you know if if you put same same thing as like Rashani, right? Is if you put the agenda on her somewhere somewhere else. Then convert that into a prestige, sure. Yeah, I don't. Mm. I don't think you want to take it off your agenda. Very often. <laughs> cool. Um, all right. Next is I like this is one of my favorites so far. So Piero Calderon. Um, this is one of the ones we spoiled a while back. Six uh, BP, one one one, Oblivion, and double potence. This character has plus one intel. Somewhat hilariously further <laughs> reducing uh-huh. Astrid's uh, usefulness, uh-huh. but uh, attacker ability. This character, if this character has a title, this attack cannot be blocked. Seems good. Yep. Um, one thing we noticed: uh, there was a game on the stream where there were quite a few um, unblockable abilities, and mm-hmm. they seemed to be pretty good because we kept yep. forgetting about them. <laughs> yep, I was gonna say, yeah, it was good that we, we obviously noticed them and never made any mistakes about forgetting about them. Um, yeah, no, uh, being able to, uh, you know, unblockable stuff is good. Uh, I do think the one downside is for an attacker, a 1 1 1 split is generally not ideal mm-hmm. um, because it's like, you know, you know, you, like, you usually like to have that two stat in something, it just makes it a little bit easier to either defeat mortals or other vampires. Um, but it also, I mean, it does mean you're versatile and can play whatever. So, yeah. All right. Who's next? So next will be my favorite. Lissana, oh, yeah. Juan Carlos Diaz. Um, my boy, four BP, no physical, no social, two mental, double oblivion, reach, and as his attacker ability, this attack deals plus one damage to the target if this character played a card with Oblivion. Oh, so, plus one damage. That's probably fine. Yep. <laughs> so, Don't fall into that trap. Yes. <laughs> quite, quite good. As we will, again, we, so we will dive into the library cards, uh, including, I think we said we saved most of the attacks <laughs> for this uh, episode. So we will dive into why Oblivion attacks are so strong. Um, but he just synergizes really, really nicely with them, especially the best Oblivion attack. So with that two mental, so just remember his name because <laughs> he is very good. Plus, I mean, on, on top of everything, and he has he's got reach. reach, right? <laughs> it's so good. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. I I definitely got pantsed by this guy. <laughs> he is very good. Like, I, right. I think he's on par with inmate in terms of four BP characters that you are scared of oh, as soon as they hit the table. For sure. For sure. Yeah. And, and his, his strength isn't necessarily entirely in his text box. It's, it's definitely the, uh, the discipline. So it's not as obvious as when you see inmate, you're like, okay, he's going to swing at me for plus four straight up. Right. Um, yeah. It's, it's scary. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, and then last but not least, uh, Mei Yin Ying. 4BP, 110, Dominate Oblivion, Reach, 
and a party ability. This attack deals plus one to the target if there are three plus mortals in the burn pile. So just some more damage pump with mm -hmm. a condition that is not hard. Well, depending on the makeup of the table, could be hard if everyone's fighting over retainers and whatnot. Mm -hmm. I think lately... I don't think it'll be too hard. <laughs> yeah, we've seen more and more burning mortals already. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, Alejandro likes to burn them to heal. I mean, a lot of people right. like to burn them to heal, really. Um, and then, of course, with this expansion, Hakata, you know, want to burn them for their rituals. So, you know, it's not going to be something that's, that's activated early, but I do think it's it's a condition, especially if you're willing to kind of burn some mortals, you know, one or two to help. It's a condition that you should pretty reliably turn on by mid-game most games. Mm -hmm. All right. So, yeah, this is a... Uh, I like most of all these characters. It's pretty cool. Uh, mm -hmm. Excited to play more with them. Yes. Uh, all right. What about the clan-locked library cards? Yes. So we have some interesting, interesting uh, clan locked cards. So the first one is a scheme, which is cool. Uh, what's yours is mine. It's I do not know what's happening in this art. <laughs> I don't know either, really. Is that's it a Ash? <laughs> I think so. Actually, that's a good question. I think so. Anyway, my... I digress. <laughs> um so the influence conflict, should I steal one agenda from target foe with the most agenda? With a little reminder that if there is a tie for most, you must choose only one of those foes. Um, yeah, I, it's interesting. It's another scheme. Mm -hmm. And it steals agenda. So it basically gains you agenda. So, Yeah. Um, I'm not quite sure how I feel about it yet. <laughs> Um, I think it, it could have been neat if that agenda went on one of your characters. Definitely it would lower its power level a little bit, but it could turn on uh, some of your other character abilities mm -hmm. without having to pay it off of your agenda card. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I definitely think it could find its place in a scheme deck where you can just force it through. Like if you're at, if you're at that threshold where you just need one or something like that. Um, right. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I think it'll <laughs> kind of depend on, uh, I, you know, there's definitely some tools in La Sombra to sort of support schemes and influence. So, you know, if that matters, then this might be as good. I mean, uh, funny enough, actually, in the tournament, we saw a couple times somebody played um, Rain on Your Parade. Rain on Your Parade. Yeah, that was which kind I hadn't of actually, seen since core. <laughs> exactly. I hadn't even, I had kind of forgotten about that card. I, you know, I didn't really think about it, but it actually was pretty important. And so, you know, this is obviously a different way but in some ways better than than rain on your parade right because you can you get to steal it you you need to push the uh the conflict through but again either if you have a lot of influence or you know say you're in like third place you can kind of get the table to help you you know rein in the leader and maybe extend the game another turn which is the turn you need to to win or something so mm -hmm. Which is another thing we noticed during the tournament that mm -hmm. sometimes the table needs to band together. <laughs> yep, yep. And this is a so this will be this will be a potential political card. Uh, it's interesting. Yeah, I'm not sure it's you know raw power. It's probably not that that amazing. Although it's not bad. I mean, anything that gets you an agenda is good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see that one. All right. All right. Next we have. Uh, the title, I'm trying to find it again. 
How do you pronounce this? Because I'm never sure I'm pronouncing this correctly. Is it? I, I think it's legat. Legate. Um, like, I like think it, de- sure. it depends. It depends <laughs> on if you're uh, American or pronouncing <laughs> it the, the Latin, the Roman way, uh, which is funny. I'm <laughs> playing through New Vegas yet again. And so all the Caesars Legion and, and everything. So I'll probably start calling it right. <laughs> uh, myself. But, you know. All right. I'm going to say Legate. Okay. Sure. Sounds all right. It's a, it's a title. Uh, it's a La Sombra title. Uh, so you need to pay four influence for it. Uh, it's a four BP restriction and the character gains three influence and one blood potency. Mm-hmm. I think it's a pretty good include for if you want to try a, um, what's it called? Base power deck. It's an mm-hmm. easy include because it gives you pretty much, it, it essentially will pay for itself pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, the plus one BP sure is nice uh, i'm not sure how well that factors into that particular deck other than you can overmend on some people and make them a little harder to kill since those decks usually like to sit back and let people come to them anyway um but other than that yeah just another another title for the title deck i think yep yeah i mean it's i don't know it's or, fine. or a title scheme deck right yeah yeah I, I think it's maybe has more of its well i say more of its home in a scheme deck to be fair, I think a lot of title decks are running at least a few schemes because why not? You have all the influence anyway. Right. Um, so maybe it's, I think it's a little bit better in a title deck that leans have more heavily into the scheme side of that. Otherwise, I don't think it's that great. Um, but I mean, another, another title is always welcome, right? So. Yeah. All right. What is next? This one's super cool. Yes. So we have the third title uh again la sombra title which again just to just to be clear right second it, la sombra title or second la sombra title sorry you're <laughs> right uh which just to be clear you can play it on any character you just have to have a la sombra in play right um so court of blood so it's a three influence title three bp attack uh, and of course you dodge the acting character this character has plus one influence and a party ability detach this title the attacker diablorizes a vampire defeated by this attack. Oh no! What does that mean? Yeah, I was gonna. I'm trying to remember. Did we talk about diablorize? I think we. Did. I don't think we did. Maybe, did maybe we? we did. I don't know because we have all the diablorize stuff yep, set for true. this episode. <laughs> so, if we haven't talked about it, all right. So diablorize, uh, which I still don't remember if we've seen the full rules for yet. Um, I don't think so. I think they kind of talked about what happens, but not necessarily right. like the mechanical. Yeah, yeah. Like we we know how it works. We just maybe have not seen like the exact wording that's going to come out in the rule book. But what happens is uh, when you diablorize somebody, which so far both the diablorize abilities are after they're defeated. So the defeated character, instead of going into torpor, you attach it to the character, uh, the character that On defeated the side. them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like yeah, horizontally instead of, ver- right. instead of vertically. Yeah, you kind of uh, you splay it for any of my innovation fans uh, to the side, <laughs> so that you see all the stats, and then basically you get the highest stat value between your vampire and the one you diablerized or ones you ba- diablerized. Base stat, not modified. Yes, stat. yes, base stat. Right. So, so if you know if I'm a a, a one 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 vampire and I. Uh, diablerize like an inmate with two physical. Now I have two physical, one social, one mental. Plus, uh, I think also the disciplines. 
Yes, you also get their disciplines, okay. and I and also think you get plus one BP. Yes, you get plus one BP. It's just straight up. So, so yeah. Interesting. Uh-huh. Uh, so you'll always have at least a turn before this can hit you, because since they have to exhaust uh, to play the title, this person, unless they have a way of standing the person who is uh, part of the Court of Blood, they'll have to remove themselves from an attacking party. So you'll always have at least a turn to figure out a way to deal with this. Or again, that reach, right? Mm-hmm. That is true. Yeah, I didn't think of that. But but yeah, generally speaking, you will have a turn to <laughs> be scared of this. <laughs> Yeah, um, um, only only three BP to put this on, which mm-hmm. I think is. I, I guess we'll see how prevalent like dealverizing and stuff is, but that's that's interesting. That such a potentially powerful effect has a low threshold. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now with dealverizing, we have more of a uh, use case for superficial stuff. Yeah, yeah, and and I also think it's interesting. So this is well, first of all, for title decks, right? It's three BP, which is always nice. Uh, plus one influence, which is fine. And you can detach it, meaning you can play another copy or a different title on that vampire, potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how often is that going to come up? I don't really know, but it's kind of nice. It's a nice little mm-hmm. upside. Oh, do we, we mentioned this is one per player. It's not a super oh, unique title yes. title like the others. Yes, yeah, so it's more like a primogen. Right. Right. So everybody can have a member on the Court of Blood. Uh-huh. Just everyone, everyone turning into Ace Attorney. Just objection. Objection. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. So that is all the uh, clan locked Lissandra stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so now we go into all the rest of the fun stuff that anybody can play with. Uh, yes. So first up, we have the agendas. And I'll let you talk about prize fighters. Since, <laughs> I know... <laughs> since you know I'll be, I have to struggle to say it right every time. All right. So... Prize fighter, uh, the agenda. This is the one that comes in the um, precon. Yep. It is as you attack a character. So again, this happens at the very beginning when you kind of initiate the action or the attack. Yep. As you attack a character, put one agenda on your attacker. At the end of your turn, put one agenda from a character in your coterie on your agenda card. There you go. That's prize fighter. With some sweet fight club art. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the, the timing for this matches uh, Marcus. So mm-hmm. when Mar- if Marcus is attacking, you'll just immediately put two agenda on him mm-hmm. right at the beginning. So you'll have the agenda left over for prize fighter at the end of his attack. Uh, if you, you want to just consider that one for, uh, for that purpose. And then you'll also have one for any potential agenda paying abilities that he might have to trigger off or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, pretty cool. I like this one. Um, it's kind, I was going to say it's kind of drain them slowly and that you just get rewarded for just attacking and it doesn't care. This one doesn't care if you defeat or leave them alive or not. So yeah, it's kind of in that realm of just, you just want to attack. You don't matter. You don't care. Like what is the end result? You just want to attack. Right. I think I, I don't really see people playing this outside of Lissombra, or at least I should say outside of like having Lissombra in the deck, because the the benefit of this over a drain them slowly is that you get a resource essentially to to play around with. Mm-hmm. 
Um, you know, like if you do two attacks, you can only move one of that to your character or to your agenda. So you have a you have an agenda out on a character you can use to pay a cost for whatever. Because mm-hmm. um, the downside of it, right over over like a drain them solely, is that it's slower because right. you only get you know you can only ever get one agenda per turn from this, and you it, it's at the end of your turn. So, and then one thing I don't think we mentioned. Uh, with the Lasombra stuff, if you knock out someone who has agenda on them, the char- is it the character who knocked them out gets the agenda, or does yeah. it go right to uh, the no, person's agenda go, card? It goes to the person's agenda card. So, Ooh, so like, yeah, if you if you're you know if you're playing Lasombra, if you're playing Marcus and you've, he's got five agenda on him because he's been stacking it all game, and then somebody's able to wipe him out, they get five agenda. So a little scary. So you want to be spending that money. Yes. So if, if, if Marcus, you know, Marcus can almost be a double edged sword with mm-hmm. this uh, agenda, you know, he'll automatically be doing at least one, two, if he's attacking, which he wants to do most of the time. Um, yeah. It could be a double edged sword where he has, he has too much, like how do I hold on to all this agenda? And then it's gone. <laughs> yep. yep. So, yeah. All right. Next is most impressive. With the, we're getting the references from both the title and the art. Yes, because Gia is choking someone out. Yes, I love this. I love that. <laughs> I, was, I was so happy when I noticed that. Uh, at the start of your turn, if your blood potency in the streets is higher than each individual foe's blood potency in the streets, gain one agenda. Interesting. So if you're playing La Sombra, you're you're probably going to be beating that out since you don't have anyone less than three, and most of them are like fives and sixes. Right. Um, right. And so this is all of them added together, right? This is not just correct. Your highest one. So yeah, you're probably going to beat them out. But I mean, also like we saw some strength in numbers that were running yeah. pretty easily, like what eight, you know, six, sixteen, seventeen. Um, you have Alejandro's that are getting up to 10 BP. (laughs) Um, and with the strength and the strength of numbers can outrace this because this only gets you one at a time. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I I don't particularly rate this. Yeah. But interesting. Yep. For sure. Interesting. Uh, I mean, also, well, also importantly, I I just wanted a quick note, right, is it does only matter in the streets, um, right? So, like, if, you know, if somebody's playing a a homebody deck, you don't care. They have to be in the streets. Correct. Um, So, I think the only only real use I see for this is, like, to sort of, like, uh, what's the, the recruitment driver or whatever, right, is, like, getting agenda early to try to knock somebody out. Mm-hmm. and you know and still be ahead on agenda that's the only real point i see to that but like it still seems a lot slower than a, a re- recruitment drive can get there very quickly um right. this seems slower yep. but yep um at least this one it's each individual foe it's not the sum of your foes so yes. that that should also be fairly easy like it definitely seems easy to trigger it just seems slow so. right yep we shall see mm-hmm. all right on to the havens yeah. Uh, let's see which one we have first. So first we have the Tenderloin, um, which is a famous district in San Francisco and not a big steak. Not a cut of food. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it has the leader ability, remove one agenda from X different sources you control. 
you pay X less prestige to recruit your next character this turn, add the remaining blood from your general supply. So what this means is like if you have three characters with agenda on them, you can remove one agenda from all three of those plus one from your agenda card and pay four less prestige to recruit a character. Um, seems good. I I think you're probably only ever playing this with Prize Fighter. <laughs> <laughs> but I would agree. Yeah. But they go together quite nicely. Yeah. And um yeah, it's all it's always one from something. It's just you can take from many something. Right. So you can't load up Marcus and just drain him entirely or anything like right. that. Right. Um you you can run into issues of running out of general supply tokens with this though. <laughs> <laughs> if you're aggressively using this right uh, which is interesting yeah it does yeah, mean you've just, got a lot of beef on the board but yeah it you no might not need it in your general supply like who cares <laughs> a lot of beef on the board no pun intended um so yeah yeah uh, it's it's just a uh a discount for recruiting those you know big beefy little sombra people mm-hmm. sure is. all right now we got the super interesting one uh, and this is actually, I think this was the technically the first mention of Diablo Rising that we had uh, been spoiled on. I uh, believe I so. This, this came before Court of Blood. But the big house. Uh, so start of game, put one prestige on from each foe's general supply onto this. So, hey, you're already you're already <laughs> handicapped yeah. the rest of the table. Uh, characters in your coterie have plus one BP. Give a foe one uh, prestige of their color from this. Diablerize a vampire in that foe's coterie that your leader just defeated. Uh, so this is the other way that you can diablerize stuff. I think I, th- I thought there was some sort of distinction made between this kind of diablerizing and the other one. I, I don't think it's something that's I, I so, think it's lore, lore relevant. Well, I, don't I think, think it's, it's I think both of, I think both of these are the same. These are both uh, I think they called it like sanctioned diablery or something like that. Um, so I think there's like unauthorized. Yeah, and... exactly. Okay. So like these are these are both again my <laughs> my baby understanding, right? This is like, you know, baby's first <laughs> lore. Uh, but my understanding is like these are both represent ways that like you know the vampire court or the vampire you know organization uh in a city is like yes you may diablerize this person because of whatever crime or whatever um you know we we approve this is this is all approved diablery is also something that can happen off the books i think if i if i remember correctly like it's actually a way that thin bloods can like become not thin blood anymore yeah um and that would be like an unsanctioned, you know, or unauthorized or whatever diablery. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, Matt Hira mentioned, I think that like we might see some some cards representing the unauthorized side come into play or you know, at some point we might see those in the future. But these are both represent sort of the authorized, like sanctioned, you know, I guess it's like the death penalty. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was one thing I was reading. I, uh, I, I finally started diving into the core book. Um, the core fifth edition RPG book. And uh, one of the things that's like, if you really messed up and, and pissed off the wrong people in the Camarilla, they can call like, I think it was called like a blood hunt. Mm -hmm. And it's basically like just a, like you said, it's a death sentence, no holds barred. Everyone can just kill this person. And I think they can also add in like 
diablerie is acceptable for this thing. So mm. seems to feed off of that. So pretty cool. Yeah. Um, interesting that it just gives everyone plus one BP just straight up. Mm-hmm. I don't remember if that. I can't. I, I feel like I asked uh, Matt Hire this, but it doesn't include immediately like when you recruit them, so you don't have to overpay for someone. They just come right. onto the field with one less. Right. Essentially. Yes. Correct. Cool. Um, yeah, which is interesting. It's kind of the flip side of the thrift shop, um, which is a haven that I want to build a deck around and have not quite gotten around to yet. And this is, you know, right? Because that that reduces the BP requirement of all the cards in your library. This does the opposite um, and ups the BP of all of your cards. Obviously, upping your BP also has the effect that, like, you can heal them one more, which is important. Right. But, you know. Kind of messes with your math a little bit if you if you are keeping track of, like, you know, if I'm attacking this person and they have this blocker that's this BP, they could play XYZ reactions. This can kind of mess with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, otherwise just a really cool effect and I 100% expect to see this played in, in some fashion because <laughs> it's, yeah, I, if nothing else I, because it's, it's, it's the new splashy. thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's big yeah, and splashy. Yeah. Right. So yeah, for sure. All right. So we also have a couple new, uh, actions mm-hmm. and the first one, while not necessarily, uh, LaSombra locked, it's, uh, very much in their wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, winning. Really just, yeah, a couple of them. And it's just a regular action. Put one agenda from the general supply on each character in your coterie. Yep, that's as, as simple as that. <laughs> yeah, so the obvious application is just to start turning on your uh, Lissombra abilities, uh, any of the action or action and reaction cards that want to pay for those abilities. Just a way to kickstart it if you're uh, I'm you don't want to play this too early, obviously, because if you have a, a color of only one or two, you're kind of hampering its effectiveness. But mm-hmm. I say probably th- three. I mean, depending on what your coterie abilities look like, um, I'd say three is probably the minimum you want to play this just right. to get max or at least good enough value out of it. Right. I mean, and if you're if you're playing the Tenderloin, right, you can kind of squint at this and it's like action gain one prestige for each character in your coterie. Right. Yeah. Obviously, it's not quite that good because that prestige you have to use to recruit somebody. Um, but, you know, that's that's a rough guideline. Uh, that's probably like, again, I don't think you play this outside of Tenderloin just because I don't think that putting agenda on all your characters, I don't think there's enough ways to spend it on everybody outside of the Tenderloin. But in that deck, you know, sure, throw in one or two. Why not? All right. What's next? So next is Fight Makes Right. So this is an unhosted action, and it's an ongoing. Uh, each character in your coterie has plus one influence for each agenda on them. So this goes back to sort of what we were talking about with the La Sombra titles and or schemes deck, um, is that this is a way of getting a, a lot of extra influence because it's not just each character with agenda, but it's for each agenda on them. So Marcus can be sitting there at like, you know, five influence, six influence uh, fairly easily, I think. Yeah, for sure. That's one of that. I think that might be the only reason you want to load him up with something that we have right now. Yep. Um, but yeah, it being an ongoing is super good because, mm-hmm. you know, just keep constantly gaining power. Yep. So. And, it, and it's nice that it's it's unhosted. Unhosted. Right? Yeah. Always nice. <laughs> 
All right. Next, we have a new tradition. Yes. And going right into the what you mentioned about, you know, loading Marcus up with five influence. There's a reason you might need want that much. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is a scheme and it's uh, should I deal one aggravated damage to target character and one additional aggravated damage for every five influence in favor of this scheme? I love this Neat. so much. I love this so much. <laughs> I had one of these thrown at me. Yep. I've been calling this spicy scheme. Uh, both because, you know, spicy because it deals damage and spicy because I think it's going to prove aggravated damage. <laughs> aggravated damage. And it's going to provide a lot of interesting table talk. Um, yes. So, so to be, to kind of lay out the timing of this, right? You, you play the card, you, you know, you say, I'm playing six tradition, uh, you know, with this character, blah, blah, blah. You declare the target before everybody votes. So Correct. everybody knows what character is being targeted before they vote and bid and everything like that. Um, also important. So you deal an additional damage for every influence in favor. It does not matter if it passes. It does not matter how much influence was voted against it. So if it's like 10 to nine, that's still two extra damage. It doesn't matter that you only won by one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is interesting for sure. I think it's real cool. I like it a lot. Yeah. Um, and it's a fun way for scheme decks to just like steal an extra infl- or an extra agenda, right? It's, it's like, oh, hey, I'll just target this, you know, 3BB character, throw 10 influence at it, win it, get my agenda, you know, from PR firm or whatever. And then, oh, also, I defeated your character, my rival's character, so I get another agenda. I think it's fun. I like it a lot. <laughs> I think the art's pretty cool, too. It is. Like, have you, you ever watched It's Always Sunny? Yeah. It's intervention, intervention. <laughs> yes. That's what I think of. Yeah. Uh, all right. Um, let's see. Next, we have Arms of Ahriman. Yes. I think, I don't know. We'll, we'll go with that, sure. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Um, look, looking for it. Want to give me Uno moment. Did not have that ready because I was looking at that art too much. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Here we go. All right. It is an action. Uh, Two BP requirement. Superficial because it's going to deal some damage. So deal one physical damage to target character in the streets for each potence in this party. So we finally have the card that counts potence. Mm hmm. Uh, and just some reminder text for what Superficial does. Cannot defeat the character. Uh, Oblivion, pay one agenda. This damage is not Superficial. Yeah. Spicy. Uh, yeah. So the only thing that you can really do to... I mean, the only thing that you can't really even do is just... You're not going to target someone who has good physical, but the only thing that helps with this is your physical stat does reduce the damage. Um, other than that, this is just straight up point and click damage. Yep. Can't really do anything about it. Yep. No, no reactions except for the one that you do when you take damage. Right. Yeah. Oh, is that only that for aggravated damage? Uh, I think that's any time you take damage, you can activate like, Oh no, it's uh, aggravated damage. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah sorry. Talk about two different cards. There are no reactions oh. currently that you can play for this. Right. Um, yeah, I, yes. I was saying any any uh, like onboard uh, yes. character abilities that reduce damage can be used for this. Yes, but I think 
only damage reduction, right? Like you cannot activate an ability with a shield. Like if, if a character already has shields, like if, you know, if you, if a thin blood used their shield thing, that would, I think, defend against this. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think that was, but that was what I was thinking of. I think that's the only, uh, but there's no, there's no window to actually activate one of those abilities in this card because you're just playing an action. Um, right. Like you can't, you can't be like, Oh, in response, I pay a, pay a prestige to gain a, gain a shield. Because there's not like I, an, as an attack, there's a window, but as an action, there's not. I thought it would came up any time you could take damage, well, but we'll, we'll any, check. Any, that's, that's what you would do with sad. Sad. Well, any damage, window. any damage reduction, you can. Right. Um, so like vagrants can definitely prevent it, but hmm. I, I don't I don't think anyway. Well, yes. So put it put an asterisk by that. We'll have to go <laughs> check on rules for that. Um, but anyway, it's there the, will be something in the in the rules that come out about it yeah yeah um but yeah like like we were like i was saying um you'll probably play if you want to lean into the diablo rising stuff and you have some potents in your party check this out because now with superficial you can get someone really low and then finish them off with the person that you want to gobble the other character up mm-hmm. uh or if you're just playing uh punchy deck and you don't care you just pay the one agenda and now it's not superficial Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, pretty and it's good. Non, non-attack damage. So, yeah. All right. Uh, this this one is my favorite pun. Ah, yes. <laughs> Go for it, because this is the card you annihilated me with. Yeah, one one of them. <laughs> yeah, one of them. So this. Is... Oh, that's right. This isn't that. This isn't that one. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, this is throwing shade, baby. Um, <laughs> so it's a range attack, four BP. Two inherent damage. Um, if this party has two or more uh, oblivion, plus one damage. So there you go. It's potentially a three damage ranged attack. Pretty good. Uh, yep. Uh, what's his name? Your your guy likes this card a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Even better with anybody that can boost the damage. Yep. Uh, okay, next we have Shadow Boxing. And so that's a physical attack, 3 BP, 0 inherent damage, and plus 1 damage for each Oblivion this character has. If the attacker has reach, additional plus 1. Yeah. So I think uh, the most any one character has is 2 Oblivion. Yes. Right. And then does anyone have two? Is uh, does Enzo have oh, two in, in reach? Oh, yes. Yeah, that's what I thought. And so. two physical. All right. So, yeah, Enzo just becomes a monster with this. Yeah. And two physical. <laughs> and also, he can boost himself if he has Wraith. And also, if he has yeah. the physical Wraith, he can just do seven. <laughs> it's fine. And also, and Don't then, worry and about then, it. And then, and then. No more and then. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, obviously, it's really, really good on Enzo. But I think it's also just good. I mean, any of the two any two oblivion really any one oblivion and reach which there's plenty of those too yeah you know it's a two damage physical it's pretty strong what's next money shot so this is a physical attack four bp one inherent damage uh potence if this attack defeats the target put one agenda from the general supply on target character and any coterie 
this one is fun. I'm not sure exactly how good it is, but I think it's going to lead to some fun things about either putting an agenda on your own character to do something or more likely, uh, you know, you do this as your first attack, defeat somebody, put an agenda on a different character, defeat that character, take that agenda. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, <laughs> how likely I was going to say that? this, this know, could but... be used as a deal making card, but it's more likely going to be used in that, uh, that situation. <laughs> yes. And that's true. It could, it could be a deal making card as well. Uh, like, I mean, Lasombra is the only, uh, whatchamacallit, the only clan that would put use of the agenda on their cards, but if someone is about to, if a Lissambra player is, like, on the ropes and they need help, uh, you could go after their rival and, you know, hopefully knock them out and say, okay, here's an agenda for you to, I don't know, put it on Roshani or something, and there, you have some shields. <laughs> like, I, right. I don't know. A thought. Right. Yeah, it'll be interesting. We'll see. All right, next we have high stakes. Uh, four BP, one inherent social attack, and plus one for each agenda on the attacker. Uh, mm -hmm. So another souped up Marcus card, potentially. Yep, certainly. Um, again, this is I think this is sort of effectively a, a soft-locked Lissambra card. I don't think you're ever going to play it. Yeah. At least, again, <laughs> as of right now, outside of Lissambra, because who else is putting agenda on attackers? Yeah, I think that's that's fair to say for all of it. If if you're not having La Sombra in your coterie somewhere, then you probably shouldn't touch any of the <laughs> the cards that count agenda on your characters. Right. Uh, yeah, I said Marcus, then I forgot that he has zero social. So yeah, but I mean, still, if he's got if he's got like five agenda on it, yeah, yeah, he'll need he'll need the agenda to make it worth it. But <laughs> but yeah, it's like oh okay, he's still five damage. So yeah. All right, what's next? Next, we have Soul Crushing. So this is a 3 BP, 0 inherent damage social attack. Oblivion, uh, plus, one for, plus 1 damage for each card attached to the target. Uh, this one's a more interesting one. I'm not totally sure how I feel about it yet. Yeah, I generally, uh, unless it's a meta call, I don't necessarily like cards that are dependent on what other people are playing. Um but I can see why it's in like this particular expansion because uh, wraiths and whatnot. Right. Um, yeah. I, I, like I said, I can see it as a meta call, but I don't know otherwise. Yeah. I think the, the one thing I kind of like about it and I'm, I'm the same thing as you, right? Like I don't like playing stuff that's dependent on my opponent doing something. The one thing I kind of like about it is that it's generally going to be best against their leader because usually not always but usually their leader is kind of the one that stacks stuff right. on them right like you know alejandro likes the likes to stack stuff on them like the the blood and stuff um animal decks like tamaska or you know a lot of times we'll have three animals um stuff like that again not that that's like i still don't know that i love it but that's the one the one sort of redeeming quality for it for me is that it's going to be probably best against their leader, which can be good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Going after leader, they, they might seem like they're like the impenetrable target. Cause they're usually high BP have all the blockers. Um, but if you luck out and get to get them off the board, that turns off their Haven that turns in some cases, their agenda off. So it's worth looking at. Mm -hmm. 
All right, next we have Interrogation. Uh, 3 BP, 2 Inherent Damage, Social Attack. Uh, if this attack deals 1 or more damage to the target, look at that foe's hand. So some hand peeking, that's never bad. Yep. I mean, I think, really, this card is a 3 BP, 2 damage attack, which makes it good. And then the hand mm-hmm. peeking is kind of gravy. Obviously, it combos nicely with stuff like Shakedown or um, what's the one we talked about last week that, you know, you can prevent somebody from playing a card. Right, um, yeah. Stuff like that. But, I mean, really, it's like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a two damage attack. It's like the text box could be blank and it's still something you at least think about if you're playing a social attackers. So, yep. All right, what's next? Cloud Memory, a 1 BP uh, mental attack, 1 damage, and a Dominate. If this attack deals 1 or more damage to the target, that foe discards 1 random library card from their hand. Is this the first random discard we have? Uh, Maybe, actually, because the other discard card, uh, the other mental discard is they choose, right? I think so. So... My most hated mechanic has finally arrived uh-huh. because no matter what in in any any game, random discard always gets me. It, it always uh, takes the most valuable card in my hand, no matter what. Yep. <laughs> 100% personal bias. but <laughs> um, Yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's only one damage uh, mental attack, but discarding a card is pretty decent. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this one yet. I don't think it's amazing, but I don't think it's bad either. Yeah. A little harder to hit that same threshold as interrogation because it's the mm-hmm. only one inherent damage. Um, so you might need to put a little more effort into that. Right. Unless you're swinging with like a two stat. Right. Um, I think the yeah. big the big one I see for this is, you know, you uh, you play the whatever the course, they're not the course I want. I guess it is a course I want. The uh, Fragmented Mind. Right where they get, they have to discard. You know, hopefully like three or four cards, and then yeah. you get, you know, which obviously will be their three or four worst because they're picking, and then you hit them with the uh, the cloud memory that gets rid of one of the last, you know, valuable ones they have. Yep. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's great, but like I said, it's also not bad. So. All right. Next we have Utter Darkness. Best art in the pack. That which we still do not... Is that is this really going to be the art? I think is so, that, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't tell if it was like a joke. Like, oh man, the art got messed up, but we're going to run with it. But okay. No, it's um, the best. All right. Uh, one inherent damage, mental attack. Uh, Oblivion put a fear token on the original target of this attack and the blocker, if any. Mm. Oof. Big oofs. Um, yeah, so if, if someone's swinging with a, a high BP character at mental at what like looks like a very obvious block opportunity, this is something to be wary about. So this is this is one of those cards you always need to keep in the back of your mind. It's not clan locked or anything like that. So it's more it can be more ubiquitous than something like Bad Reflection, which kind of has the same deterrent. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just something if it hits you and if it hits you for the maximum potential it's going to hit you good yep i mean you know it's still it does feel balanced because it's you know it is five bp so you have to you have to commit a big attacker to do it although again the sombra have plenty of those 
Um, And it's only the one inherent damage too. So it's probably, you know, that's, that's the thing about with the blocker is it's like, I I think where, where this, because like you said, if, if it's an obvious block situation, you know, I think where it it could be really bad is like, do I, do I block? Do I not? Because I don't know if this is going to be like, you know, a mighty fall (laughs) that's going to do like four, four or five damage to my leader. Or if it's an utter darkness that is not going to deal that much damage to my leader. Like I, you know, if it's this card, I want to block. If it's not that card, I don't want to block. I think it can put your opponent in, in some of those sort of like, which, which do I do type situations. Yeah. And I love, I love making my opponent like pick a lose, lose situation. Like those are some of my favorite mind games. <laughs> right. And I mean, no matter what, right? Like it, it's going to damage the original or it's going to put a fear token on the original target. Right. Yeah, you're getting you're getting the value out of it either way. You're either, but uh, depending on what your opponent decides to do, you're getting more value. Yeah. All right, and our last card. Yep, it's the reaction, uh, Tenebrous Avatar, a five BP reaction. It has one inherent shield. It is a reaction for all four damage types. I think the first one we've seen. Yep. Um, because insanity defense is only it does not have the range, so this is everything ranged, physical, social, and mental. Yep. Uh, one shield, and then also oblivion and pay an agenda plus four shields during this attack. Oof! Just five shields straight up before stats or anything like that. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, obviously, if you're playing, um, you know, anything the uh, related you're going to probably play this because it's like play, play one of those agenda off somebody. And it's like, boom, five shields on any single attack is just crazy. Um, although in my opinion, even if you're not playing the Sombra, if you have a five BP vampire that might get attacked, especially one with, you know, with uh, oblivion. So like if you're Hakata, I can see the, the benefit in playing this, right? Like one shield that you can use in any attack is not bad. And then, yeah. you know, in an emergency, you can, you can, you can pay that agenda if, you know, like your leader's about to get knocked out and that's going to basically either literally eliminate you or, you know, basically make it so you can't win. Well, maybe it's better to pay the one agenda and keep them safe. Yeah, I was, that's actually the, the exact situation you put me in the game where you pants me with Juan Carlos, <laughs> <laughs> where I, I had the, I had two of these and. I wasn't pitching them for mending because I was like, okay, I, I don't have the capability because I didn't have anyone with Oblivion at that point anymore because I think uh, Piero was my only La Sombra. Uh, and like, all right, well, I'm not going to get the plus four shield anymore, but having one shield for all attack types at any time is worth it on its own. Mm-hmm. So, pretty good. Mm-hmm. And that closes out the cards for. Shadows and Trouts. Yeah, that is all of them. Which hopefully we're only uh, about a month or less from getting our actual hands on. Yes. Excited. Have I heard of any knocking on wood shipping issues? So. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, so, yeah, I'm excited I'm, for this one. For sure, yeah. So I know you know you talked about Lasombra uh, being kind of your, maybe one of your favorite clans instantly. Um, but like, what are, what is your kind of impression of the box as a whole? Like, what we'll see come out of it, you know, that kind of thing. Um, it's a good question. 
I like uh, I like kind of the how they play off of each other, even though they it's not like uh, the pack of Thin Blood and um, what do you call it Tremere, how they kind of just completely did their own separate things. Right. Um, Wolf and the Rat kind of also bridged that gap where Nosferatu and um, Gangrel kind of both dipped into animalism, but Nosferatu not so much. Um, but in this one, both of them have their ways of u- using Oblivion, but they're both very different. But I like that they still key off that same discipline um, mm-hmm. equally. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I like that. Where we're going to land with everything in the meta, I'm not, I haven't quite landed on or thought about yet. Because um, right. the, the events that I will be able to make it out to this year, I'm not sure this will be legal for, so I haven't quite put the mental energy into it yet. <laughs> sure, that's fair. Yeah. I mean, what about you? My my impression of this box is that it will bring, I say bring back, which is not entirely fair, but well, it's definitely more of an aggro box. For Yeah, for sure. Um, and so I th- definitely think it will kind of push aggro again, which I think is fine because I think the meta has slowed down a bit again as well as we'll talk about next week. So small preview. Um, I think the meta has slowed down a little bit. Not that not like it, that it's super slow. Not that aggro is not a thing now or anything like that. But I think it has slowed down a little bit from where it was at Gen Con. Um, and I think this will inject a little bit more aggro into it. But also... I, I'm actually really excited. So, I mean, I, I like a lot of stuff. I like Wraiths. Wraiths are really good. <laughs> we, as we kind of mentioned, uh, you can do some really gross stuff in terms of just dealing insane amounts of damage out of nowhere. Um, but I'm actually really excited to play with Rituals again and try to try to make a Ritual deck work um, with Hakata and Tremere. So, I you know, I, I think it's really cool that they... Like they synergize, but also not directly. Like, obviously, they both play off rituals, and you know we've talked about. Uh, we're happy that they didn't introduce a new mechanic for ceremonies, but you also can't just like slap the best Tremere and Hakata rituals together in a deck and just go because they don't really work together. They just sort of you can play one as a support for the other. Right. And mm-hmm. I, I like that a lot because it means that like you can make the deck better without it just being like, oh, well, now this deck just has a ton of good cards and is just really, really strong. So that's a cool design thing that I'm looking forward to playing around with. Yeah, I like I like the uh, mechanics of playing the Oblivion rituals a little better than the Tremere that Tremere rituals. Mm-hmm. So I can definitely um see wanting to try that out and like you said race race are a really cool mechanic already so who knows my mind might be changed uh by the end of <laughs> playing more with these um because god knows i i got hit hard with some some of that race stuff so <laughs> i gotta get a little taste of that i guess yeah um it's also funny actually i will say like this to me this is I, i'm really excited about this box i think i like a lot of stuff in the main box this is maybe the least excited i've been for a set of agendas since the release yeah again not not that they're bad but like prize fighter really seems like the big one that will be played yeah um and it it's another aggro agenda which is fine like i i have nothing against it but like none of these seem to excuse me lend themselves to kind of creativity or or totally different decks unlike 
knowledge is power did um even though that's really just the one deck with alejandro but um yeah but it was something it was something totally different than anything we'd seen before yeah, I can see that because agendas, sh- as we've said, agendas are one of the first things that make up your uh, how your deck is going to look. Mm-hmm. And Price Fire is just kind of here's more here's more ways of getting agendas onto your characters for La Sombra. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I I can see where you're coming from. Yep. Now that being said, too, I am I do really like the the fact that now we have exhaust agendas. I like that idea, and I hope that that comes back, right? Where agendas, where instead of you know yeah. at the beginning or end or whatever of your turn, it's an exhaust ability on your agenda, so you can time it out real nicely. Um, I hope we see more of that going forward. Too. Yeah, because as um, when we, watching the games that we watched over the event and being able to see everyone's agenda, you can kind of already see where their turn is going you know four turns ahead of where they are because they go okay they'll be here they're going to score on their agenda at this point yada 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 but with these exhaust ones you know the lines of play are a lot blurrier because it's up to the player to determine when and where they're going to score and how they're going to get there mm-hmm. um it'll, it'll lead to some more interesting games to watch for sure yeah yep all right. Well, I think that is going to do it for episode 21. Yes. Uh, any other closing thoughts? I don't think so. I mean, I'm uh, looking forward to, you know, we're going to po- have those games posted. I, th- I think we both had fun streaming uh, those games. Hopefully we don't sound too dumb. I, ha- I have not gone back and listened. I probably will not because uh, I'm scared of how many wrong things I said, but you know, go check those See, out. I, I think smart. I hate hearing the sound of my own voice, so I'm only going to listen to the game that I was not present. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there you go. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I had I had a lot of fun doing that. I'd love to do that again. I mean, obviously, you know, we've we've streamed some of our games, and that's been fun. But I also really enjoyed um, commentating on games. So hopefully, we get an opportunity to do that again. Uh, and yeah, you know, more more cool Prince content. Um, oh, that was actually one thing I wanted to say is if you're listening. Um, and you know, you have a Prince tournament locally, please reach out to us and let us know what the result was and who won. Cause we will, we will for sure shout out, you know, winners and the decks and whatever. Um, I mean, for one thing, I just want to know, right? Like the more information we have is better, but also I want to, you know, shout out people who win, who win tournaments. It's, it's just a cool thing. Yeah. And so we will crunch those numbers. Yes. And so <laughs> if you, you know, if you're at a local Prince tournament, uh, please just, you know, after, after it's over, send one of us or both of us a message and say, Hey, you know, so-and-so won with, you know, a, a whatever deck. Um, and yeah, you know, and we'll, we'll shout them out in, an, in our episode in our next episode. Yeah. And the next episode after the tournament, right? Like, obviously we can't shout out all the winners when none of them have happened yet. So <laughs> just, just to be looking clear. into the future. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Here are the people that need to show up for the events. Everyone else does not. Exactly. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, with that, we will close this one out and I will bid everyone good evening. Yes. And good night. I don't know. I still have a new sign off. Okay. I keep I keep putting it on you. <laughs> it's like, oh, I forgot. He, yeah. he didn't get it yet. Nope. All right. Good night.